Testing, testing, one, two, one, two. This is the Let's Do Sports Podcast Top 5 Roundup with your host, JJ Rivera. This has been a very, very interesting week, to say the least, in the world of sports. We're going to get to the biggest stories. We can, we're going to get to UFC, we're going to get to some NFL stories, we're going to get to some basketball stories, and some English football stories, so be ready because we're going to go for a ride. Starting first, Israel Adesanya loses the middleweight championship to Big Sean Strickland, or as his teammate Chris Curtis calls him, Deshaun Strickland. Uh, Sean Strickland came into this fight as a underdog. People thought that he was there to get hit, and boy, were people wrong. I was wrong as well. I thought Israel Adesanya was going to stroll his way to a unanimous decision win. We, I thought we were going to look at a 50-45 Israel Adesanya that was of course not the case Sean Strickland was able to use uh, some simple techniques if we're being honest he used a Philly shell which isn't simple but it is a very straightforward technique cover the uh, you know use a right or left arm depending on what uh, stance you choose that blocks any body shots use the right arm right there left arm It'll block the head shots you just got to watch out for the hooks if you do it properly, it works out. Floyd Money Mayweather made a career out of using the Philly Shell. And now Sean Strickland is a world champion using the Philly Shell. Um, Sean Strickland stuck to a jab and a straight for most of this fight. That's all he really went for. Jabs and straights or a jab and a two, as some people would call it. Yeah, and uh, it was shocking because in the first round, it seemed as though Israel was playing around with him maybe thought he could get a few things done in there and put on a show for the fans and then i think in the final minute of the first round israel adesanya went for a i want to say a right or a left hook one or the other and you know sean went for a straight straight punches beat looping punches that's a given and he was able to knock him down in the last minute. Israel Adesanya looked like he was getting drowned in all the offense that Sean Strickland was able to put out in that final minute. But he made it to the end of the round. Then round two, Israel Adesanya was able to uh, get the fight back into his rhythm. He was able to keep a distance. Lots of leg kicks, lots of jabs, a few straights. That was his round. I don't think there was an argument that it was anyone's round other than Izzy's. Round three, Izzy then decided to keep going and but i know izzy outstruck him uh sean strickland that round but it still seemed as though sean landed the heavier punches i thought and this is not the way you score fights but usually because he's the champion they'll give him the benefit of the doubt so i thought because the round was close enough i thought you were probably going to get on most of the judges scorecards uh one two to, uh to no two one to izzy uh, round three, Sean Strickland had a repeat of round one minus the knockdown. I think he kept his control, kept in c his composer, composure. He was able to block a lot of the leg kicks with a check. He checked a lot of those leg kicks too, which I don't think a lot of people give him credit for. And then in round five, when Izzy knew there was something to, to uh, 
it was 2-2 at least. Some people would argue it was 3-1. I can see the argument for 3-1. In fact, I think it was 3-1. But because Izzy, first of all, let's remind everyone, they fought in Australia, which is not too far from New Zealand, obviously. So you're fighting, you know, around Israel, Alessandra's home. You would think that the judges would give him the benefit of the doubt on any close rounds. Um, but round five, Sean showed what he did he put a repeat of round four and izzy just couldn't there seemed to be no urgency uh from when izzy went to the corner at the end of round four uh he told his coach eugene Behrman that he couldn't find his jab that was the only time he looked a bit nervous because i think he knew what was happening and he in the last round he couldn't find anything uh, Sean Strickland just walked him down through what he did, a few jabs, a few straights, kept composure. And when, when the final bell rang, you could, or, well, the horn sounded, cause that's what MMA fighters, they, they listen to the horn. They don't hear the bell, but yeah. So when the horn sounded, everyone knew, uh, even Izzy. And that was the worst thing because Izzy knew. The world knew, I knew, everyone else who watched knew that that fight was not Izzy's fight. That was Sean Strickland's fight. The judges read the scorecards. It was 49-46 to, uh, to Sean Strickland. Good fight. Uh, I think Sean Strickland has now expanded on Israel Adesanya's weakness which is the same thing that Jan Blahovich kind of did, except a little different, but he really expanded on what Alex Ferreira did in his last loss, where he was, uh, where Alex Ferreira beat Israel Adesanya by TKO in the fifth, and Alex Ferreira did two things. Checked kicks and pressured Izzy. When Izzy is going backwards, we're not seeing the same Izzy. And Dana White looks as though he wants to give Izzy the rematch for the championship. My question is, if they do it quick, can Izzy fix his game enough to the point where him going backwards he doesn't turn into a different fighter because as long as he's going backwards he is not the same fighter uh that's why i said even jan blahovich to an extent because what most of these fighters are doing is they're making him go back and the issue is is he doesn't really block punches per se israel does not use his arm to block many punches he sways from side to side he goes backwards he slips he slips a lot of these punches so if you get him on the fence which most of these fighters that have beat him have done it completely negates the swaying of the slipping because he has nowhere to go so i don't know if izzy would even be able to win the rematch what i will say is i don't think i think izzy is the still the best middleweight in the world in the ufc but I think Sean Strickland might be his matchup nightmare. I think his style will negate what Izzy is able to do. But congratulations to Sean Strickland. A lot of people didn't believe he could do it. 
he himself said he probably wasn't he's probably not supposed to be there but he is there and congratulations to the new world champion sean strickland moving on we have a big big story in the world of american football and the nfl aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, I repeat it one more time, Aaron Rodgers is now out for the season after only playing one series for the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers came out, uh, I think, flying the American flag. It was 9-11, so a great American tribute right there. But I think it was an incompletion and two run attempts, and then he got sacked. I think that's what happened. Something along those lines. Or either that or it was two pass attempts, a run, and then he got sacked. The issue is when Aaron got sacked, he got back up. Then he went straight back down. It was obvious to me that something was wrong when I saw him go back down. Even when he went down initially, it I thought he tripped up on his ankle. I, I was more worried about an, uh, a knee injury. But it came out the next day that Aaron Rodgers is now out for the whole season. He tore his Achilles. For those who don't know, it's the Achilles. Touch the back of your of your heel. Go a little bit up. That thing right there. That thing control that little muscle, that fiber right there. That thing controls you lifting your foot up like that. So he kind of needs it. He kind of needs one of those to play football. And, you know, he's out. He, he's out for the season. It's, it's a very disappointment because I did really want to see him out of the Packers, uh, uh, you know, out of the game plan. He, I know he went on a retreat this offseason, and he really looked like he was trying to actually get to know the younger players. He looked like he had a good relationship with the younger players, players which – it did not look like, especially towards the tail end of his time in Green Bay, that he was doing. So good for uh, Aaron on that. But, you know, it's it's very disappointing. Right here I have on my notes, Zach Wilson survived. The Jets survive. Allen underperforms. <laughs> Which is just to say that Zach Wilson is going to have to take up the mantle i think they wanted him to at least play under aaron one year and i think the jets maybe went into this whole thing with just one like with the idea that at the very least he zach wilson plays under aaron Rodgers for one year and sadly he's back where he is um he's gonna struggle he's gonna struggle for sure i i don't know what Wilson can necessarily get better on because I think he's already a finished product. I don't think he's going to get any much better or any much worse than what he is already. But what I will say is that Jets defense is going to be, if he can just manage these games, if he can be the Joe Flacco of these New York Jets, they can go far. But without him, Without Aaron Rodgers, with Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson is still prone to be making some mistakes. I just think it's more like his IQ. I think sometimes he misreads or panics a little bit under the pressure, and Aaron wasn't going to do that. But now that Aaron is gone, 
you know, he's going to have to get better. Uh, I will say Josh Allen very much underperformed. He always tends to do this in the first few games of the season. I think he wants he plays a little too cute. I, I don't like how he plays in the beginning of the seasons. I hate it. I feel like he always tries to just sling it downfield, and teams are ready for that. Hopefully he gets better. I don't think this means that they're going to, you know, start being worse or start being any any much worse than they already are or will get worse than they are. But I just think that was a bad a bad performance from Josh Allen. Uh, on the happy notes about this game, Xavier Gibson, an undrafted uh, free agent that was signed to the Jets, for training camp he came out of the uh university stephen f austin um interesting little tidbit i have a cousin that graduated from stephen f austin so that's pretty cool but yeah so he was signed to the practice uh not the practice squad the training camp and he was able to make the final 53 man roster and in this game he was able to return a uh what was it return a kickoff for a touchdown to win the game for the jets in overtime great little story for him i hope he can stay on the field i hope he you know can get a bigger role right now he's still kind of just a return man and he's just kind of like an impact player but maybe he can get to the point where they trust him enough to be a receiver or something along those lines but a great story for them you know the jets uh they're gonna have to really look at their options I think there's a few QBs on the on free agency. I know Drew Locke is there, but I don't see why they would sign Drew Locke. <laughs> I know Kaepernick is there, but we don't even really know if he's serious on returning to football. But there's a lot of there's a lot of I think not Tannehill. Never mind. But there are a few a few QBs that could make a difference. We're not sure uh, what they'll come up with, but uh, shout out to the Jets for at least being uh, resilient in the time where their leader goes down. Moving on to the other football, uh, or as we love to call it in America, soccer, or as my people like to call it, football. Uh, it's, a, it's a big story. Uh, Paul Pogba, for those who don't know, he is currently on Juventus. He had a few seasons in Manchester United, but Paul Pogba has been suspended after failing a doping test, and he tested positive for testosterone, which is very strange, but he is to be suspended two to four years. Right now, they are, right now, the investigation, it's pretty much he will be suspended, but they are investigating if he did it on purpose or not. Uh, Paul Pogba has stated that he did not know that he was taking a supplement that had testosterone in it. And I just feel, I feel in, in the opinion of mine, I feel as though, uh, you know, ignorance isn't really an excuse for that. I think you as a professional athlete should be able to, you know, just uh, you you should be knowing what what you can and can't take. Um, I've heard a lot of stories about players asking a team doctor if they're allowed to even take certain aspirins and or certain cough medicines and things like that. So he plays for one of the bigger teams in Italy, Juventus. I know they're going through a downward, you know, spiral these days. 
but he still plays for a team like that. He should be able to ask the team doctor if he can or can't take this. He's claiming that he got this supplement from a doctor out in Miami. A friend of his, a friend of his that's a doctor prescribed him these supplements in Miami, but you're uh, apparently you can't get these supplements anywhere like in Europe. You can get them in Miami though. You can get them here in the States, but you can't get them in Europe. So the issue, I think it's just ignorance and you know, I, I feel, I just feel bad for Pogba in the one, on one hand, I do think like he needs to, you know, he's 30 years old. He has to kind of grow up in a sense, but I also do feel bad because he has struggled probably like the last four seasons of his career. Um, you know, he played, he played with Ronaldo when Ronaldo got there, or at least the last season before Ronaldo got there. Ronaldo got to Juventus. He played a season with him, I'm pretty sure. And then, he was sold to Manchester United, had two really good seasons there and struggled the rest of his time there, whether that be for injury, whether that be because he just wasn't in the manager's favor. Um, he's he's struggled these past few seasons. Uh, I know last season at Juventus, you know, the average f- uh, football season for a European side, you're looking at 32 to 38 games, uh, depending on the league and Pogba only played six. I think that was due to injury, but the issue is, like, he's only played two games this year. You know what I mean? So I I just feel as though it's just setback after setback after setback. And the question is, well, the question that's looming is, will he consider retirement? I think he will consider it. Do I think he will retire? No. I think he'll end up somewhere by the age of 32. Because he's 30 right now, so I don't think he'll get caught for the four. So... Just a little backtracking. Uh, if it's found out that he took the, these uh, supplements knowingly knowing, knowingly knowing, knowing that he would get, you know, when he's taking testosterone, he will get the four years. But because it's it looks more like it's ignorance, it'll probably just be the two. But to think of that, you know, prime footballer careers, especially a midfielder, midfielder and up prime years are maybe to like you're 33 34 you know he's you're talking about 32 he's not gonna he's not gonna be the same guy he left in for sure so my guess is he'll probably come back but he'll probably end up like on a either he'll go to the mls or the saudi league for sure or just a smaller league in europe but he won't be able to come back into any of these bigger leagues because you know 32 as a midfielder you're really pushing it on your body and you're probably not as fast as you were which is just true but yeah paul pogba come on man i know i know i know man i know he's 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 he used to be one of my favorite players i won't lie during his prime because i really thought he was going to turn out more than he did but it's it it just sucks cuz uh, i think 2018 he was a part of that world cup winning side and now you know suspended for football for for 2 years so it is what it is but uh you know the game is losing a player for sure like the whole game of football is losing a a valuable player but you know hopefully if he does come back he can still you know live out his dreams uh, because I don't think anyone who's just 
even even if you don't like the guy, you wouldn't want him to just have to retire out of because of that. But we'll have to see. Into basketball news now. Team USA. We just spoke about them in the FIFA World Championships, but now we're talking about them in the Olympics. LeBron James has stated that he wants to make a big return to the Olympics. He wants to get a big team for the Olympics. He wants he wants superstars back on this team. I think he saw the argument that was being made about what we spoke about last time, USA not being the world, like NBA champions. Why are they called the world champions? It's kind of funny. It's kind of a little dumb. But I think he saw that argument and wanted to do something about it. So now he wants to make a return to Team USA. He wants to get a lot of guys in. Um, I saw something about Anthony Davis. Looks like he wants to return. Anthony Davis needs to stay on the court before he even thinks the Olympics or Team USA. He needs to find a way to stay healthy for for the Lakers uh, because uh, what what good does it does it matter if yeah, he wants to be on Team USA in the Olympics, but he can't even stay healthy for his team. So I don't think anyone really wants to see that. The uh, Le- LeBron, I think, was also talking about maybe people like Steph, things of that nature, just bigger superstars for sure. It'll be fun. I like it when, you know, we have our, like, NBA super teams basically playing in the Olympics. I think it's, uh, I don't know, I just, I just find it really cool that uh, we end up, you know, we send the best of the best of the best. But um, the, the I think the main question will be, do they want to be there? The players in the, that went to the FIBA World Championships, they look like they didn't want to be there. So will the Team USA players want to be there? I don't know. I think they do have a reason now because they just lost the FIBA World Championships. I, I do think they're going to feel like they have a reason to be there. So I think oh, and it'll all, uh, that will most likely be LeBron's last Olympics if I'm if we think about it clearly i'm pretty sure that will probably be lebron's last olympic so it'll also be a cool sight to see uh you know lebron at his last olympics i think it'll be cool so good on lebron hopefully we get we get some guys there that want to be there but we'll we'll see but one thing i will say i want i want anthony edwards on that team no matter what i know lebron has his guys I want Anthony Edwards to start. Anthony Edwards deserves to start. He was the only player in the FIBA World Championships that looked like he wanted to be out there and played hard. So I want Anthony Edwards to start that game. I don't care about the arguments. I don't care about the favorites. I think Anthony Edwards deserves to be starting in that game. And in, in not that game, in that lineup, in that Olympic roster. And then the final story of today That's my little drum roll. It's Deion Sanders and Colorado still being prime time. A lot of people thought, okay, well, they beat TCU. So what? Right? TCU, I think, is going through a bit of a rebuild. I know they just went to the national championship last year or earlier this year, but you guys know what I mean. Um, But uh, they're, they're... they're nowhere near the same team. They're probably going to end with like a 9-3 record or even worse, depending on how some of those 50-50 matchups go. But, yeah, D- so after that game, people still had things to say. Paul Feinbaum, who just loves to speak negatively about Deion Sanders, 
I respect Paul Feinbaum. I don't think he has, like, an agenda, but I just feel as though, like, you know, Dion deserves some love. I, I, I truly believe that you're telling me a guy who, think about it like this. This, this Colorado State program, Colorado program, won, I think, one game last year. One game. So, Dion has already won two. So, there's obviously some kind of, whatever he's doing, it's working for sure. Um, I think the game against Nebraska, I think, proves a lot of things because, you know, TCU, they went to the Natty Championship, but they're still like a Big 12 team, so they don't get the respect. But now you're talking about a Big 10 team. Big 10, the Big 10 and the SEC are the biggest conferences in college football right now not only by number of teams but also just by sheer dominance in in the college playoffs um and they were able to get the win i know a lot of people uh like they just don't see what Dion is doing as like a good thing and I think it's a great thing like I said the portal yes the portal will change up but I think this is just better for college football I think stories like this in college football are great um should like for example Shadur just had a 393 passing yards 393 that's a great game that's that's showtime Shadur right there that that is him that's what he does. We have a great game out of it. Xavier Weaver, 170 receiving yards. Travis Hunter, 73 receiving yards. These are great games. These these are spectacular things we're watching, and people just want to put Dion and the Colorado guys down. I don't think it's right. I think uh, Dion has is pretty much revolutionizing this game, especially at the college level. And I hope to see just more of it. Uh, Nebraska, on the other hand, they need to figure it out because they were supposed to be a pretty decent team this year. And now they're starting 0-2. Colorado, 2-0. They have Colorado State, which should be a win. But we don't know. We don't know exactly what will happen. It's college football at the end of the day. But they should be getting the win against Colorado State. Colorado State, I think, is in the Mountain West and... You know, Colorado is in the Pac-12, which is a Power 5 conference. So if they do things right, we're talking about a 3-0 and start for this team. That's great. That's that's great. And for those who say, I, I don't, I don't, I'll, and I'll be honest, I think they'll probably only get six or seven wins this year. This isn't to put them down, but it's just, it's the first year. It's okay if they don't win every game that they play. You know what I mean? I hope they win as many games as they can, but I'm pretty sure we're looking at a, a six to seven win team. Um, but yeah, I think they'll make it to a bowl game, and I think this season will be a success. It'll be a failure to some people because oh, all that talking and they can only win six to seven games. He's taking a one win team to six to seven wins. That's a big, big just giant change he's changing the culture he's doing everything right Colorado is looking like in a few years they could be something it just depends on Dion's philosophy will he stay will he end up trying to go to the NFL we don't know but 
that's the last story so if you want to uh, watch this in video format we are on youtube at let's do sports if you want to listen to the audio only version of this we are on spotify at let's do sports if you want to see us we don't post the podcast we post a few clips but if you want to see us on uh tiktok we also do a bunch of little other funny things on tiktok look up let's do sports talk on tiktok and then also if you want to see a few clips probably similar content to the tiktok look us up on instagram at let's do sports this has been the let's do sports top five roundup with your host jj rivera i hope you all have a blessed day i hope i was able to get the gears running raise up those eyebrows get you thinking i hope i was able to do anything just just to be a part of your day for just a few minutes And bye.